Hungry Trilobite podcast would like to start by acknowledging these fine conventions. SoonerCon is Central Oklahoma's longest-running pop culture convention. The next event is scheduled for June 24th through 26, 2002 in Norman, Oklahoma. However, they need your help to put on the next event. Please visit SoonerCon.com to find out how you can help make SoonerCon 30 a reality. The Hellmouth Convention The Hellmouth Convention is a celebration of all pop culture, but specifically things like Buffy, Angel, Firefly, and Dr. Horrible. It is held in Los Angeles, California, and the next event is scheduled for June 3rd through 5th, 2022. Proceeds benefit the Los Angeles LGBT Center as well as the Ron Glass Memorial Scholarship Fund. For more information, go to thehellmouth.org. Welcome to today's episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bossigan. I'm going to be your host. Today we're welcoming Joshua Christian Azali, a newcomer to the creative field, and I'm really eager to talk to him right now. On tap today, we have Joshua Christian Azali. How are you doing today, good sir? Great, great. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Glad to have you here. We got to talking a couple of weeks ago, and you are a fresh talent in the acting world. I like what you're all about. We, but what really struck out to me is you didn't decide to become an actor on a whim. You actually had a huge career or at least a potential career in a very stable, lucrative field. And you just decided acting was the way you had to go. And that's not a typical story. That, that struck me as amazing. Yes, yes. And it's just, um, I... I really wanted to pursue something that I could really be passionate for and like and still offer the world what I believe is the best sort of skills that I can give to them. And it was a nine to five job of being a physical therapist and I had the degree and everything like that. I just didn't, I didn't feel like I, I feel like there's more to myself than, than meets the eye, you know? And that's, that's true for a lot of us, but I don't think a lot of us have the wherewithal and the, the, the compulsion and sometimes even just the plain courage to, to capitalize on that. It's very true, very true. I just, it was on the back of my mind that it is an avant-garde career to be pursuing. And, you know, if you ask, you get your heads turned all the time. People say, oh, I'm, I'm going to be pursuing acting. Or I'm going to be pursuing this, uh, some sort of art form, really. And people will just say, oh, so what restaurant do you work at? <laughs> but typically it's like, um, I know I'm going to get there and I just have to try. And that's what something I've been doing all the time is I got to try first. I got to finish it. Just like my degree. I really finished it first and finally said, I, I don't think this is for me. My, my medical career degree, that's what I'm saying. And I got to see this through also now. My, my theater and acting career and modeling is, I have to see it through if I really like it. And I still apparently do. And I'll keep going at it. There is a certain point at which something pulls at you enough that you feel like you have to try it out or you, you can't get it out of your head. You can't get it past it. And some people don't come to that realization until years later. Very exactly. Exactly. And I, it is, I'm, I feel like at this age too, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm at a good start. It's something I don't really have a lot of stakes at hand. I'm not married. I don't have kids. I don't have a, a mortgage to be paying. It's just 
I'm, I'm pretty good right now to even start this. And so I won't have to ponder about it later on in my lifetime. Why, why I should have done it, you know? But. So when you feel the need to act, when you feel the, the, the call to actually do this, is there a, what do you like to watch? What do you like to, to the acting that, that means something to you? What does that look like? The acting I like is dramatic, very dramatic stuff. It's, uh, it's like the real life of a person in, in the form in, on stage and theater. It's, uh, it's how they are and what you're, it's the story that can be relevant to you as an audience member that I really like. It's, uh, it's a believable character and you could actually have empathy for it. Dramatic is like the top, Top so when you start a movie and the words based on a true story fill the screen, is that a nod in its favor or is it something you got to get past? It is. I know they say that to get more people to be interested in it. I mean, it is, it is an, uh, an afterthought saying, oh, okay, if it's based on a true story, but it, it is still a movie and they still need to be making, making money. So there's a lot of tweaks here and there. I still watch it, of course, and just seeing how the the actor will portray the person is still crafty in that manner. That makes sense. That makes sense. I it, it's a question I like to ask people who are really into drama because people don't make based on a true stories about the funny stuff most of the time. So it's uh, it's something that I because I'll be honest with you, the, the true story movies they're a very mixed bag for me, but I'm like yourself. I like the drama. I like looking at, I like looking at how people react to seeing other people dealing with challenges and because they, they have to ask themselves how they do that too. Like for example, if you, if you get into history or, or you look at uh, some of the, the bigger events in the world, you have to realize these are real people dealing with that. And they, they are in a sense actors in their own lives. Exactly. And that's like, I really like that. It's, it's how, how vulnerable you can be on a movie and or on theater. Just, just really be a believable person. Yes. And have you had that experience yet where you feel like you brought that to a character? Oh yes. Plenty of time in my theater school. I've been studying it for like well, four years ever since. And it's been very, an emotional roller coaster. You really get a sense of yourself and who you could, who you essentially are as a person in society nowadays. It's how, how bona fide and legitimate you are and genuine you could be. And you could, and also on top of that, you could see that with a lot of people by seeing their behaviors and actions and how they set themselves. It's just, it's an, I would say an eye opener that coming from doing this uh, sort of a career path has really improve me i like to believe it's it's improved me as a person <laughs> do you feel it improving you as a person or as a talent or both for both for both of course but yeah i mean it was secondary to be improving myself i wanted to pursue something and well, acting and to have the right skills and tools and craft behind it and it and coincide i i improved myself as a as human being. <laughs> and that's something that we don't really talk about enough, or I think, I don't think we talked about it until recently. People always had the idea that you figure out what you're good at and you do that. And there was a real downplaying of the idea that 
any skill you can give yourself, any different method of thinking you can give yourself benefits you inside because the human mind is, it's a very flexible tool and we are taught to use it in only one or two ways throughout our lives, which is very, very, it underserves us quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I, I'm always trying to constantly improve myself every day, even to towards my end goal of being an actor is how, what can I do? Go to the gym, I suppose, read, read a play, watch the movies for the craft of it and research just really everyday stuff to really improve myself. I wouldn't have done that a couple of years back and I would only, I would only live to work. You know, <laughs> I want to, I want to be able to work to live. That makes sense. You know what I mean? It does make sense. And that's something that I, yeah, we're definitely talking the same language there. Because people talk about having a passion for your work. Well, you can love that job, but it doesn't love you back. Mm -hmm. it, it, you can have the best job ever. At the end of the day, you've got to go home and have something you can proud, be proud of. You can have something that you feel comfortable living in. And that could be a physical space. It could be a lifestyle. It could be family and friends. These are all good things, but that's really what you're looking at. That's really what you're looking for. Exactly, exactly. And I, I, um, I just want to have that in my mind that I, I want to get there. <laughs> so what are you doing to get yourself there? I've been having the resources that I have, you know, man, manager, agency, publicist I, I think i have the right resources uh but what i mainly need now is to work to really build my resume a portfolio and um just really just get some directors and be creative let's be there together and just have something to share to the world you know it, it is and it, it's a matter of like the practice of having the right people in your corner uh, of knowing what how, what skills to build, and I'm speaking this purely hypothetically because I am not an actor by any stretch of the imagination, but I know enough of them to kind of know what the road ahead of you is going to be. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly, and it's all about the confidence you could have behind it as an actor too, and that really improved me as myself to be have the confidence to make decisions. And really, I want to do this. And I, I'm not so stip sap about it anymore. Back a few years back, I just I really want to do this, and I'm going to get there. You know? And the fact that you do have something in your re your resume that is not related to acting that you could always go to if you should truly need to, it's not a terrible thing. I, I don't want to be the downer to don't quit your day job, but the fact is, you have that. Some people don't. You put yourself in a very good position. Very true, very true. And, I, you know, I'm a big advocate of the, the 21st century creative. I'm a big advocate of the person who ha uses the internet and technology and they manage to make for themselves a creative field wherever they are with whatever they're doing. And the whole don't quit your day job thing is not, a, it's not sarcastic anymore. It's solid advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's... um. I, yeah, I know it is an option at the back of my mind, a safety net, what have you. But um, I, if it really comes to such extremes, I, 
not that it has it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get to be at the the roles and the, the thriving pursuit that I've been really awoken myself for, have such fervor for us. It's my end goal already. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm not trying to in, in any way cast doubt. I'm just trying to say that you made a, a pretty good decision already. And the fact that you say you have this passion, you want to do these dramatic roles. Have you? When you say you've sunk something into in your acting class, what kind of roles have you, have you managed to really think knock out of the park or at least build you your, your chops quite a bit? Some of the roles I've done in my theater school, I've done um, Angels in America by Tony Kushner. Have you heard of that one? It's, uh, I'm going to confess I have not. It, well, a lot of them. I've done actually two Tony Kushner works. I forgot about that. I did one and I did another one that he's made called Homebody Kabul which is another interesting one I did. I played a dad in that. And Angels in America, I, made, I played as a man with AIDS. And he's bedridden and he's just going through recovery. I've done another a pretty interesting role, The Goat or Who is Sylvia by uh, Edward Albee, amazing playwright also. And some stuff from Christopher Durang. He's more absurdist too, but it's just really, I, I've done so many dramatic roles. I really, I never really had a, a genre that I liked at the time. I feel like I'm a, a more challenging person, you know. I really want the the push to achieve something in that. Uh, and when I do achieve, it's so relieving that it, it's not it's not common for people to go. They try to go for their common grounds of things, and I'm usually just I want to go a step ahead of that. And dramatic roles are usually the harder stuff for people to portray, and I I love it. I, I'm always learning, still, of course. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the absurdist, the theater of the absurd. So that's definitely something that would appeal to me. And if you can tackle that or even try, I think it shows that you're, you've got a flexible mind. Of course, yeah. I want to be very versatile, though, in that aspect. I don't want to be just, uh, even though it would be great to be just dramatic, I, I love to be able to play all the genres and be flexible in all of them, not, not one-sided or the other. Yeah, it's funny. When I was much younger, people would always say that comedy was the more difficult way to, to portray yourself on screen or on stage because to, to know how to trigger people's laughter and to anticipate their reaction, that was considered to be the, the real challenge. And we've had such this run of actors who were gotten, we knew them through comedy, and then they had to struggle to be recognized dramatically. It's almost like that's been turned on its head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. I've had it. Um, I have my teacher tell me also. If you're good at dr dramatic stuff, you're you're easy at comedy. You know the timing of how the person feels when you're being dramatic, and know when to be thinking and when to have these certain things uh, about other aspects of what you're saying. Comedy comes easily because it's it's an easy read all the time, and you just know how to time it because your timing of dr dramatic uh, genres is already there. That's what she says, and I. It's a little bit, I kind of believe that a little bit. It's, uh, I, the only couple of stuff I did, I did start some little bit of comedy scenes when I was in my schooling and it were a little bit hard. But then once I started going, just jumping in to do dramatic stuff, even though being a beginner theater student, it, it came to me. It really, it's all timing at that point. And I, I just knew when to do it, you know? <laughs> it's timing. It's getting a sense of, the pattern and how you know the audience is thinking and knowing exactly 
White's going to take to surprise them, to throw them off. And most people would say that comedy involves being kind of smart, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. It's, it's a fun genre. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I, I would say so. I, I like to get into comedy as well. Just talking with people who can pick that part of their creative brain. So when you're looking at possible roles in the future, uh, I wouldn't ask you to, to volunteer any information about stuff that's you know new, but is there anything on your horizon you do want to talk about? Um, I do. It's so, it's, I do have some big stuff coming up for my, I do modeling also as my repertoire. And I do have some stuff like uh, going to be coming out soon. It's an advertisement modeling part. But other than that, uh, all the stuff that I've been auditioning for, I don't know if I could actually say it, but there's some cool stuff coming up. And I, not not very, anything I could dispose of at the moment. But. That's, I, I respect that. I, I like to ask to see if there's anything you want to toss out there, but I wouldn't press you to talk about something you're not supposed to talk about. That's That's totally fine. Uh, so when you're not acting, how do you grow yourself as a person? How do you just like to have fun? How do I like to have fun? I love, I live in Los Angeles. So of course, when you do live there, you go surfing and that's what I do in my free time. I go to Malibu, nine foot board, you surf in the waves. <laughs> you're talking to a guy who lives in a landlocked state. So surfing is not even on my top 20 list of things to do. In my lifetime, much less today. Oh my goodness! Do you, do you have like I've heard when people do, um, you don't have like a big lake nearby, and they make these artificial waves. Is that is that a thing? Not here. It could be somewhere else, but not around here. I've I've seen it. I've seen people do that when they when people. I don't know. I don't even know how they get curious about that. But there's there's lakes that make artificial waves. <laughs> I always kind of wondered because. There's this surfing culture in America, which kind of really got us heading in the late 50s, early 60s. And it confused me because most of the country doesn't live in a place where surfing is even a thought. But it, it grabbed us in a big, big way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's interesting. I, I didn't even take lessons on it. I didn't have a teacher. Me and my friend one day wanted to just, oh, let's go surf. We just bought a board. We just, you know, throw it on the beach and wow. I'm going to do this forever. <laughs> Have you ever seen a movie called Big Wednesday? No. Okay. Uh, maybe maybe this is true. It, it depends on surfing theory that all the greatest surfing days, for some reason, happen on Wednesday. Really? I've never... Okay. I, I can't say for sure, but that's, that's just something that, that's worked into the movie. It seems to be popular surf legend there's some statistics to back it up but it's this movie that i i watch and it is so pretty i mean it's one of those movies that it's just so beautifully shot the beaches the waves the uh the surfers all, all just really really it's decent it's but it's about these group of surfers that just perpetually look for that really really good surfing day and it's kind of a period piece in some ways that, I just wanted to see if it was something that you found you could connect to. Oh yeah, I, but the this, the movie that people talk all the the time is called Endless Summer. Have you heard of that one? I have heard of that. It's a typical surfing movie, just ah, oh, surf forever. 
I've never heard of Big Wednesday. Should I should look that up? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. Um, it's probably on DVD for five bucks if you don't mind going through somewhere. But it's 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 an old release. I, Endless Summer, I was told, was one of those movies that just goes absolutely nowhere. But I think that's kind of built into the Acerbic experience. Yes, that, that, that's what it doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere, just that. <laughs> and Big Wednesday has a bit of that, too, is that it's just like they are perpetually on the beach waiting for the waves to get better. But they somehow make a story out of it. Yeah, it's, it's a funny classic, Endless Summer. <laughs> that's... Movies like that, well, you just couldn't get away with making that today, or, or it probably wasn't even that great of an idea back then. I just love that kind of attempt that we're just going to make this and see what if it grabs an audience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I love that too. It's like being experimentative and innovative, and how can you? What, what could be? What? What are? How can you be creative? Mm-hmm. I just love that, and that's why I. I just want to connect with anyone and just say, let's, like I just said earlier, let's be creative. Let's just, just do stuff, you know? And I'm sure somebody could go out there and they could find your reel and your headshot and they could probably connect you with hopefully a project that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And I will definitely say if somebody is looking to get a hold of you, uh, I will have all your information on the show notes on my website, aaronbossig.com. If somebody emails me at bossigpodcast at yahoo.com, I will definitely help them get in touch with you. Uh, I definitely want to see your you move ahead and, and make those dreams come true. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I, I'd love to see it come true also, you know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're both 21st century people. We're trying to make the best we can with the tools we got. And th- the great thing now is that if somebody wants to make a big Wednesday, they can do it with their cell phone. That's true. That's very true. Maybe Big Thursday. <laughs> you don't. It could be a sequel. It could be not. That could be fun. I love independent film too. I mean, it's it's the way to just make something happen. So aside from that, um, you a gamer at all? Yes, of course. <laughs> okay. Okay. So now, I'm kind of did that. Is that something that? What's your, what's your genre there? My genre, I I play many. They're just a genre right now, though. I don't have one to compete with. Action adventure. <laughs> Action adventure. Mean hack and slash. Uh, I love hack and slash too. Yeah. Is there and, something in mind that you you've been playing recently or something? Well, most of my gaming has gone into Animal Crossing lately. I'm not going to lie to you. Is it the New Horizons? New Horizons, yeah. (laughs) It's just so easy to get lost in that. I actually have a podcast studio built into New Horizons that I would love to bring on the show at some point. Oh my goodness. Why not? I mean, I love what we're doing right now. I, I always tell people there's an audio version of this show and there's a video version. And the audio version, truth be told, is really what I focus on because it's the more polished version. It has more segments. What we're doing right here, if somebody's watching you and I and the talking heads, this is how the sausage gets made. If they want to see us on the Zoom meeting and talk, you know, work, that's fine. Some people want to do that. 
But for those people, I like to play around with the format. I'm not into having the super polished. I just want to get something out there. So, hey, if you want to play Animal Crossing at some point, let's do that too. It's a good idea. This is amazing. I mean, the Twitch streamers love it for sure. But I think there's a place for it in pre-recorded content too. And hey, there's only one way to find out. Of course, yeah. Makes total sense. You can do competitive stuff at all? Do competitive? Like, what, what did you mean by that? I'm, I'm like either, uh, either online gaming? Yes, I do. I do. Um, well, who's an online game we've been playing recently? I can't, I can't think of one at the moment that, oh, no, I played it. Do you, have you heard of Apex Legends? Yes. Yes, I've been playing that quite a bit recently too. And I just, I, I love that. That's the, the one I've been playing at the moment. I did play Valorant too. Have you heard of that one also? That one I haven't heard of. It's like, um, it's like CSGO. It's like Counter-Strike Global Up. What's the last letter, man? Everyone just calls it CSGO nowadays. But <laughs> and um, and I've also played, uh, what's that? Was it Tom Clancy? No. Rainbow Six Siege. That one was another one I've been playing recently too. Uh, a lot of really experimental stuff. Like I, I play, I played so, I play so many games. I, I know it all. <laughs> you know, it's like sometimes you can make a game, speaking of experimental stuff, you can make a game out of just going to the app store and finding something for under 10 bucks or sometimes under five bucks and seeing how good or bad it really is because there's some gems in there and that's the indie scene like you know when you come we have indie movies we have indie games this is the the era of the indie stuff Mm -hmm. yeah sort of the independency we have that we have all the resources now to make our stuff our own that's I, i love it i love it like we have a game that we picked up for i think it was four dollars called roar which is it's a game about dinosaurs running around and breaking stuff the graphics are reminiscent of just like they're almost like toy dinosaurs on a toy village and i don't know if that's by design or whatever but it is just so simple and fun and brainless and for four dollars you can't lose by the way roar is not sponsoring me full disclosure but I'm available. Call me. Um, yeah, no, seriously. Roar is a fun game. It's on Switch. It's probably on a whole bunch of other things, too. Roar. I'll, I'll look that up. It sounds fun. Roar. Like, like, I think like, R-O-A-R-R. There's two. There's three R's in there somewhere. Oh. I'm, I'm a sucker for cheap Switch games. I mean, it's so Generally, I'm the guy that I want to buy all my game on a physical cartridge, but there's a certain dollar amount where if you can get below that, I just don't care anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I bought a couple of Switch games also. Have you, there was an indie one, a Celeste. Have you heard of that one? I've heard of that. I didn't pick it up though. It's a, it's a platform one. It's a really good one. I like that one. And uh, I've also played uh, another indie one called Hollow Knight. Have you heard of that? Yes, I've heard of that. That's, that's a big one. That's a yeah, really big Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that one, too. I, they're still coming out. I don't know if they're coming out DLC still anymore, but that one was really... It's, they, you can see the heart and soul put into that game. It's, you know, amazing stuff. Motherfucker. Right. 
Uh, how about a short hike? A short hike. Oh, I heard that one. Is that? Oh, is it like is it like journey or something? Uh, it might be. It's really. It's a simple concept, but it's about this little bird trying to get to the top of a mountain. And there's a bit of a story wrapped into it too. It's got some funny writing and dialogue in it. But what's really cool about it is that not only does it look really cool, it looks like an N64 game. The graphics are very low-resolution polygons, not a lot of texture to it, but it's smooth. I mean, you can play this game, and it just looks like you can get lost in that little pixelated world. You just get around. It's a sandbox thing where you kind of talk to people, go into little houses, drive little boats around while you're trying to get to the top of this mountain. It's one of those things. I just love the simplicity of it. Yeah, it's, yeah I think it sounds fun. And, you know, back, people who are a little bit younger than me might not realize what it was like when games transitioned from 2D to 3D and like the N64 and the PS1. Those games don't really look that great these days because it's that, that rough weirdness of the low-resolution polygons. This takes that and makes it look good. It takes stuff that we don't like and some polishes it, puts enough shine on it that, uh, yeah, again, short hike, not sponsoring me, but hey, I'm available. <laughs> I'm going to look that up. I do have a Steam also. I, I, have a, I just have all my games on PC now, but I do have a PS4 also got the switch got the xbox one just for the weird things that i can't do on the switch are you into that steam handheld at all do you have your eye on that steam oh the steam handheld yeah that's coming out right mm-hmm. i don't know i mean i never bought the controller either but i heard people just like yeah it's a disc collector you know <laughs> just, i don't really use it. i just use my mouse and keyboard the handheld though it is interesting i don't know oh, i mean I'm really busy nowadays, so oh, who sees? Maybe, maybe I'll buy it. Maybe by penny pinching. I'll, eh, I'll just buy it. <laughs> well, when you're super successful, I'm sure you can afford it. You'll probably buy three of them. Yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks for coming over. Here's a, here's a handheld. <laughs> well, Josh, thank you so much for coming in here. I really appreciate this. And like I said, I want to do whatever I can to help you out. So is there any links you want to drop here that I can put in the show notes while I'm putting all your other info in there? Yes, of course. I do have my IMDb to have my information. If you want to contact me, my manager agency, it's imdb.me slash Nazali. I do have my Instagram too. It's j.c.azali. And I have a Facebook. And, and I do have a website coming up. I don't think it's, it's still under construction. JoshuaChristianAzali.com. Awesome, you, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here and I hope to have you back real soon. Thank you so much, Aaron. I would like to thank Joshua for being my guest today, and I would like to thank you for listening. For the community building part of the show today, I want to reach out to the convention community, the people listening to this show who love going to conventions, especially smaller conventions, community conventions, nonprofit conventions. I want to talk to those people right now because if you know of a small convention that isn't on my radar, please let me know about them. Reach out to me at bossigpodcast at yahoo.com and I might give you credit for putting me in touch with them and possibly 
giving me a chance to build a relationship with that convention because I want to know about every convention in the world, large and small. Don't forget you could subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, and we are syndicated on Realm of the Mist, a fantastic podcast network. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.